Dave Da, Obi Nagan. Welcome to podcast number 26. We've had quite a varied week this week, um, as well as our normal trips to the crematorium. We've actually had services in five parish churches, um, and fair distance apart, really. Um, Michaelstowe, Warlegan, Bobman, Eglisale, and Lanhydrock. Um, Michael Stowe is the Anglo-Saxon for the holy place of St. Michael, and that church is dedicated to St. Michael and all angels. And if you look on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, I did put a photo on because there is a holy well there. It's dating back to the 12th century and is housed by, well, granite blocks and slate. And um, it is a nice little feature, really. I'd say I put the photo on, I think it was yesterday I actually uploaded it, but uh, quite an interesting place. So that was last Friday we was up there and then Saturday paperwork in the morning and then we had the grandsons in the afternoon, which um, was brilliant. And then Sunday morning, we headed up to Salt Ash as Mabon's football team was playing them in the cup. And uh, Mabon was on the left wing for the first half, right wing for the second half. And um, she still managed to score four goals, which was brilliant. And our striker on Sunday, well, Anna, she was on fire. She scored even more than that. So um, they're safely through to the next round. And then on the way back, I got Beth to drop me the other side of Bobman and I did me long run for the week. I usually do three shorter runs, but uh, on Sunday I did me 17-mile training run for the marathon, ran down to Ellen Bridge, then on the trail up to St. Brewerd, and then back down to Wade Bridge and in around the town and back home. So it is all going okay, but we have at last, we've got the uh, confirmation with the funding page and everything. So James and I, we will be raising money for Fleet again this year. Now, some of you might not know what Fleet is, and it actually stands for the Frontline Emergency Equipment Trust. And it's been going now for oh, decades. Um, Norman Trebilcock, the main f uh, founder of it, um, working on the ambulance service and it's a, it's a brilliant organisation. What they do, they raise funds so that they equip every ambulance in Cornwall to the same standard with the same equipment. And then since then, we've been raising money. Last time I raised money for a defibrillator. Um, so it, it's all good for the people of Cornwall and also for obviously anybody down on holiday. If they're unfortunate to be an accident, they know when the ambulance arrives, it'll be fully equipped and there's defibrillators being well put up everywhere around Cornwall. I was talking to somebody actually this week, and um, jokingly I said that as a funeral director, perhaps tin the best thing to be raising money to save people's lives. And uh, I said what I actually do is raise the money for the defibrillators, and then at night time when nobody's around, I go and take the batteries out. But that's just just joking but um yeah it is a fantastic organization and we've set up the um just given page it is called david and james bray so that's me and me oldest child he's he's 33 now and uh, so if any of you would like to give a sponsorship that would be fantastic i say the just given page will be going for quite a few weeks yet 
and any donation would be much appreciated. And while we're on about me children, actually, um, me daughter Daisy, she just started a new sideline project, um, which is a little body shop group. And um, I'll give you the uh, title of her group in a minute, which I think you'll be able to search out. But I was a little concerned when I saw that Daisy was actually doing this um, thing with Body Shop because I thought, well, if she's working here at a funeral director's and you've got Daisy Bray's Body Shop, I'm thinking people will think, well, what on earth is she selling? But uh, thankfully, she's actually called it Daisy's Little Pamper Shop. So if you're interested in that, um, just get hold of Days or me or whatever. We'll try and send you the link. But um, yeah, could have been quite interesting, really. Undertaker uh, with a body shop. But uh, thankfully, it is, uh, it's got quite a good name. Over the weekend, we did have quite strong winds. And um, we come in Monday morning to work. And I didn't notice it right away. But after a little while, just happened to get out the window and one of our cast iron finials from right up on top of our roof on our funeral home had actually blown back over, bounced onto the roof and scat out a tile, bounced onto the other roof and crashed down on the wall below. Um, well, thankfully, obviously, there's nobody around and um, it didn't actually land where people had been walking, but it could have, well, it would have killed somebody, I reckon, if they'd been walking underneath it. But um, we got the builders in to look at it and we obviously will get the roof repaired and we are open to get the finial repaired and put back right on the top. And while we're up there, obviously, we will check the safety of the other one. And again, this is something that I did put photos up on our Facebook page and Instagram just so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. But um, our chapel... Well, we, as a lot of you all know, it's a big old Methodist church here in Wade Bridge, and we bought it off the Methodist church quite a few years ago now. I'd say must be, oh, crumbs, nine or ten years, something like that. It took a few years to, to get sorted, but we've actually been in there seven years now. And um, you can go on. I might have spoke about this before, but I will do a, a full podcast in the in the future about... Um, the ups and downs of buying the chapel. But um, there's a huge gallery on our Facebook page that Phil took of all the photographs following all the work right the way through. But um, I'll say that's for a, another podcast. But um, yeah, so you can have a gag, but um, it could have been quite nasty. But uh, thankfully, all was well. So then on Tuesday, it was um, up to Warlegan to St. Bartholomew's Church, and I always love going up there. Tis well, lots of places in Cornwall so peaceful, and that's just one of them. Yeah, Orlegan, you you ride in the countryside. The only thing you hear is birdsong, and I love the trip going up there. We go up to Mount and turn left, and tis such a windy old Cornish road, um, lots of hills up and down, lovely edge in each side, covered in moss, you you get the feeling it m altered for hundreds of years. It's a fantastic place, and um, it is always nice to meet up. Always see John and Jill Keast up there as well. So that was our little trek on Tuesday, and then in the evening I had to do me another training run 
up the camel trail and I was running a bit late and I always like to go up there if I can but um, coming back was a bit dimity and of course one of the perils of running the camel trail is that um, quite a lot of horses go up and down our mates they they another side so they don't go up there but um, the one thing you got to dodge is the piles of horse poo didn't a lot you get it now and then and of course I was coming up towards a, a bit dimity and I could see this horse poo. I thought, right, I ain't going to go round it. I'll just lift my foot and kind of hurdle it. But I didn't anticipate quite how high this pile of poo was. And I tell you what, my foot went right through it and it spluttered everywhere. I didn't fall over or nothing, but it was quite a spectacular sight. So then on Wednesday, we was up Eglisale. And it was lovely. I bumped into dear Jeff Dyke up there. And we had a lovely yarn. He was telling me, reminding me of all the times years ago, the banter him and father used to have when father would be going into the newsagents first thing in the morning to get his paper. And um, he did remind me one thing, actually, that I'd forgotten. Um, And that was when we had our old earth that was based on the P100. He was small enough that we could keep in our garage up Glen Road. So what father would do every morning if we had a funeral, he would use that to take on his commute to work. And he would pull in on the plat outside the newsagents while he went in to get his newspaper. And this was something that nobody seemed to take any notice of. I don't think we do it today. But um, just to explain how different Cornwall is now to back then, back then you never locked your car. And in fact, you keep the key in the ignition while you went in the shop. And if it was a cold morning, you'd actually leave the engine running while you went and left it. So with Jeff reminding me that Father used to take Thurse every morning, that triggered another memory for me, which um, what happened was one day Father had taken as normal, taken Thurse, parked it outside the newsagents while he went in to get his paper left the key in the ignition, and when he came out, Thurse was gone. And he looked at, looked around, he thought somebody had nicked it, he didn't know what to do, and then he looked across the road, and leaning up against the shop window on the other side of the road, with his arms crossed, grinning from ear to ear, was dear old Kenwere. And while Father was in the shop, he had jumped in Thurse, driven it round the corner by the bridge on wall, out of sight. So you can imagine the banter that pair had after that occurrence. Actually, one thing I'd better explain for those of you that don't live locally, what actually the Bridge on Wall is. And um, it's actually a pub here in the town, but it's based on the legend of how the bridge was built that we have here that's going across the River Camel. Because um, centuries ago, there was this town called Wade, and the other side was Eglisale. And each side, they did actually have a chapel. And what would happen would be you would go into one chapel and you'd pray for safe crossing. And when you got to the other side, you'd go in that one and give thanks that you'd actually reach the other bank. So what happened then? Um, well, between 1461 and 1475, the vicar here at Eglisale was called John Loveybond, 
and it is said that he managed to organise all the neighbouring landowners to raise the money to build a bridge that would go across the camel. And this is where the legend comes in that there were bales of wool that were used to stabilise the deep mud that was in the riverbed for the foundations of the bridge. But there is another explanation that it was actually the profits of the wool trade that helped to build the bridge. The bridge have appeared in history a few times over the years. I think back in the 1500s, I think there was a Catholic priest was executed at Lanson. He was supporting the Pope against Elizabeth I. And I think he was hung, drawn and quartered. And I think part of his body was actually put on display on the bridge. And then also Oliver Cromwell come to Wade Bridge in 1646. And he actually held the bridge with his troops. So, um, yeah, there's been a few times that it have been mentioned. And also, I did read the other day that um, the first car that was recorded in Wade Bridge um, that crossed the bridge was in 1901. But um, there's been a lot of cars that have crossed it since. And uh, the bridge have been widened as well, I think, a couple of times over the years. But um, that's where Bridge on Wall comes from. And on the pub, I still think they got the sign. They have it in English, but then they have it in Cornish underneath, which I think is Ponswark Land, which is Bridge on Wall. So um, that's a little bit of history um, about the bridge. Um, but yeah, it it did bring back memories. Thanks to Jeff for that. I can remember when I started working with Father in the summer to be boiling hot. You'd pull up outside Bridge End with a nice wide pavement there, and you'd leave the keys in the ignition, all the windows down. Well, like I say, you won't do it today. So then Wednesday evening, I had a bit of a rush. By the time I got home, um, quick tea, and then twist to whip out to St Austell. And obviously, over the past few weeks, you've got the rugby Six Nations. But as we all know, the Six Nations is just the warm-up act for the main event in the uh, rugby world, which is the county championship. And on Wednesday, it was the Tamar Cup at St Austell, Cornwall versus Devon. Um, so I was running behind anyway. But um, of course, what I forgot was as I got out towards Lockingate, they got roadworks on. So I turned round and then I had to go round Roach. But I actually turned up at the ground at 25 past seven, just in time for the kickoff at half past seven. And I just walked round the side of the pitch and then I heard somebody shout over to me and that was dear Terry Simmons and his lovely wife Susie. Um, so I stood with they and actually it was lovely because second half, Aaron actually scored a try. But um, the first half was a tightish affair. We did a lot of defending, but um, we went in at half-time 12-0 up. But then it changed a bit in the second half, and Cornwall actually won 45-0. So it was a, a good evening was had by all. Actually, while I'm thinking about rugby, we actually, um, RJ Bray and some, we do sponsor the local camels here, the rugby club in Wadebridge. And what I love, I don't know if they, I'm sure they did do it on purpose, I don't know. But we've got our advertising board and it's right next to where the players run onto the pitch. And obviously the the local Wadebridge boys, they would just run on. But I think there's a lovely thought for any opposing team that are playing the Camels 
that the last thing they see as they run onto that pitch for the game is your local undertakers. Um, so then on Thursday, we was in St. Petrock's Church in Bodmin. Very impressive church, inside and out. I don't know if you've ever been in there before, but it is actually the biggest parish church in Cornwall. And um, I got a lovely photo somewhere. I must try and put that one up. Of Father, when he was in St. John Ambulance years ago, where Grampy stood one side and Jack Pierce stood the other in the colour party um, with the St. John Ambulance flag stood there on the chancel steps of the church. Fantastic photo. I say, I must dig that one out. And then today, yet another impressive setting, St. Idrock's Church at Lan Idrock. And this church is situated, it's adjacent to Lan Idrock House. And um, it is a lovely setting. Um, Lan Idrock House itself, that is now owned by the National Trust. And um, I know they get thousands of visitors every year. But um, if you've never been, if you're ever down this way in Cornwall, it is well worth a visit. So that was pretty much my week, really. Um, I don't want to go on too long. I don't want to bore you, really. Um, but um, I hope it was a little bit interesting. I've already done me Cornish words for the week with the bridge on wall. But I was thinking this week, I was talking to somebody and I said something in dialect and they pretty laughed. And I thought, well, perhaps I might mix it up a bit that some weeks I will have Cornish words. But other times I will use Cornish dialect because that's something that's really dying out. And I can remember when I was young, being our families, both sides obviously was Cornish through generations. So they'd be talking and you'd be hearing things which you didn't realise was just from down here. You just thought that everybody spoke it. In fact, I can remember when I went out to Norstall Sixth Form, I went out there and some of them out there was taking the mickey out of me from my Cornish accent. And well, I thought, that's all right. And then after a while, I thought, hang on a minute, I'm still in Cornwall here. But um, anyway, that's beside the point. And of course, then when I started working with Father, well, the bearers we had back then, Twas all like extra granddads, you know, twas fantastic. I mean, I'm thinking about Bill Walk, Charlie Brooks, all of them right through, um, Ron Crisoo, Johnny Ferret, Gordy, the whole lot of them, the dialect that some of them would come out with, oh, it would be fantastic. So I thought I'd perhaps use a few sayings, I'd put them in, in and out, because to be sad, really, if they do die out, there are a few that I know that perhaps wouldn't be appropriate, um, on here, I don't want to become an X-rated channel, but um, there might be a few that might be a little bit close to the mark that I might manage to squeeze in. But um, I was thinking the one I would use today, um, I can remember the first time I heard it, being a young teenager, um, one of my cousins, David, he used to pop in and see us quite often. Um, and if he was working in Weybridge, he'd come around, he'd have his dinner with us. And he was talking once to me when I was a teenager, advising to stay single. He's going on about the financial perils of actually getting tied up with a woman. And basically, um, his advice went along the lines of, don't you go chasing they their maids, because they'll bring rags to your ass and small pasties for dinner. And with they wise words, I'll see you next week. Wish ye well. Do Guinness.